Our Old Testament passage today picks up in 1 Kings chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Now, King David was old and advanced in years. It happens to everybody, folks. And although they covered him with clothes, he could not get warm. Now, now brothers and sisters, those of you who've been with us to Jerusalem, you understand that place can get cold, okay? He could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman be sought for my lord the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie in your arms that my lord the king may be kept warm, using body warmth. So they sought for a beautiful young woman throughout all the territory of Israel, and they found Ashbahag the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very beautiful, and she was of service to the king and attended to him, but the king knew her not. So there's no sex involved in this. There's no D-O-M here, all right? Now, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself. This is one of the early sons of David. Exalted himself, saying, I will be king, okay? This is self-exaltation. You know, I've always found that people who promoted themselves never succeeded, but people that God promotes succeed. So I would say next to this, it never works. When people come out and they say, I will be, uh, that's rebellion, all right? I will be. This sounds like Satan. Satan said, I will exalt myself. I will sit on the throne of God. Rather than, what does God want from my life? And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen, 50 men to run before him. So he had a a plan of self-exaltation. Now, now this is one of the things you have to learn with these people. They always have a plan. These people are good at self-exaltation. They have a plan. His father had never at any time displeased him by saying, why have you done this? All right, so he has no discipline. And he was handsome. And he was born next to Absalom. This is one of the first four sons. Now, I want you to notice, very handsome. No discipline. You've got a problem on your hands. Now, now parents, if you want to destroy your children's future, live like this. Never give them consequences. He had no consequences for his actions. Now, parents, if you ever want to bring destruction upon your children, just, just treat them like this, where there's no consequences for their actions in their whole life. You, just, you, you, never, you never stop them. You, you never challenge them about what they do. And one day, in their self-exaltation, they'll destroy the whole family's future. And he conferred with Joab. Now, here's Joab again. Now, Joab was a problem for David. Okay, David, Joab is the one who kept violating David's orders, okay? He killed two men, and the, he, he actually assassinated two men that David never said to kill, and he killed Absalom in direct violation of David's public orders. This guy is a problem, all right? Now, he confers with Joab, the son of Zeruah, and Abathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. So, number one, he followed they followed, and number two, they helped. Rebellion 
needs assistance in top position. But Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Joadiah, and Nathan the prophet, and Shammai, and Ray, David's mighty men, were not with Adonijah. Okay, the mighty men, the strongest warriors. Now, one of the things I look for when I'm trying to figure out whether somebody is doing rebellion someplace or not, is I look, where are the strongest men? You, you, th these are things I look for. I look for who are the problem people with. And then the second question I always look for is, where are the strongest? The strongest were with David. The problem people were with Adonijah. Ah. sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fatted cattle by the serpent's stone, which is beside Enregol, and invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officers to Judah. Now, I want to look at this. This is a question mark. Why here? There could be something very fascinating there. I don't know. But we, we, we ask the questions. Why here? But now notice... It looks spiritual. Rebellion always looks spiritual. And invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officials of Judah. So, by invitation, this is a abuse of position. He's trying to round up everybody behind him. So he invites them, not telling them that this is a rebellion, not telling them that this is an abuse, but he's just inviting them. All the royal officials, all his brothers. That, now that to me is fascinating. You know, you, you, you find that rebels know how to use Facebook and they know how to use Twitter. They know how to use communication to invite people to come to them, okay, to come to him. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet or Benaniah or the mighty man or Solomon. So you always ask yourself the question up here with thirdly, who is not invited? Now, you don't learn much by who is invited because they're trying to grow a crowd. But you learn who is not invited. That tells you more than who is. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David, our Lord, does not know it? Wow. So, without the king's knowledge. You know what? One of the things you learn in leadership is you don't know everything that's going on. Now, therefore, come and let me give you advice, that you may save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah king? Then while you were still speaking to the king, I will also come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber. Now the king was very old, and Ashbahag the Shunammite was attending to the king. Bathsheba bowed and paid homage to the king, and the king said, What do you desire? And she said, My lord, you swore to your servant by the Lord your God, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. 
And now behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord, did not know it. He has sacrificed oxen, fatted cattle, and sheep in abundance, as he has invited all the sons of the king, Abathar the priest, Joab the commander of the army, but Solomon your son he has not invited. Now, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. So, people await response of what to believe. In every rebellion, the people are waiting to be told what to believe. This is why you can't just keep silent. You have to tell people what's true. Otherwise, it will come to pass when my lord the king sleeps with his fathers that I and my son Solomon will be counted offenders. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. And they told the king, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down this day and sacrificed oxen, fatted cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army and Abathar the priest. And behold, he is eating and drinking before them, before him, saying, Long live Adonijah the king. But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Joadiah, and your servant Solomon, he has not invited. Has this thing been brought about by my lord the king, and you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then King David answered, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore, saying, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity. Oh, I love that. Who has redeemed my soul, my emotions, my desires, my attitudes, out of every adversity. Wow. As I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. Even so will I do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king. May my lord the king live forever. King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Joadiah. So they came before the king. So this is who to trust. Who to trust. And the king said to them, Now, now these are the ones that did not join and that were not invited. He said, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon, and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. You shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaniah, the son of Joadiah, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my lord, the king, say so. As the Lord has been with my lord, the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of, the, of my lord, the king of David. The second gen should be greater. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Joadiah, and the Carathites and the Pelathites went down and had Solomon ride on David's mule and brought him to Gihon. Now notice, remember these guys. These are the mighty men. 
These are the great warriors. Nobody's going to mess with these guys. There Zadok took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then he blew the trumpet and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, playing the pipes and rejoicing with great joy, so that the earth was split by their noise. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished feasting. And when Joab, here's that problem guy of David, heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, What does this uproar in the city mean? And while he was still speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abathar, the priest, came. And Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man and will bring good news. And Jonathan answered Adonijah, No, for my lord King David has made Solomon king. And the king has set with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah, the son of Joadiah, and the Carathites, and the Pelathites. And they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon. And they have gone up from their rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise you have heard. Solomon sits on the royal throne. Now, now just stop there for a moment. And I want you to notice, David took action while alive. He didn't wait until the end and say, now this is what I want, you do- this is what I want done. He took action while he was still alive. Parents, sometime, seniors, sometime, you need to take care of business before you die. Okay, <laughs> forgive me. You need to take care of business before you go to heaven so that the family's not thrown into turmoil and everything you've given your life to do is destroyed. You take action before death. Solomon sat on the royal throne. Moreover, the king's servants came to congratulate our Lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon more famous than yours, and may his throne be greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed. And the king also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has granted someone to sit on my throne this day, my own eyes seen it. Again, he took action while he was still alive. Then all the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose, and each went his own way. Why? Because they had been deceived. They had been invited, but had been deceived. They were afraid now. And Adonijah feared Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. The horns of the altar. This is where the sacrifices were made. Then it was told Solomon, Behold, Adonijah fears Solomon, for behold, he has laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, If he show himself a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. This was wisdom. You see, it'd be really easy to say, Sure, I grant him executive clemency. Okay, He's pardoned in full for his foolishness. But he said, You know, this guy's already been rebellious. So I'm not going to give him a blank check. I'm going to give him a conditional pardon. If he shows himself a worthy man, fully pardoned. But if wickedness is found in him, but die. So Solomon, that folks, this this is wisdom. This is this is a partial pardon. 
So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and paid homage to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. Chapter 2, verse 1. When David's time came to die, he commanded his son Solomon, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong. Show yourself a man. This is leadership. And keep the charge of the Lord your God by walking in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you turn. This is some of the greatest greatest guidance for success that has ever been spoken. Be strong, show yourself a man, but walk in God's ways. Keep his statutes, his commandments, his rules, his testimonies, that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Greatest guidance for success I can think of. That the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in the faithfulness of all their hearts with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. This is the requirements of the second generation. Pay close attention to their way. Pay close attention. Now, now some of you young people, you're, you've got to understand Pay close attention to how you live your life. Walk before God in faithfulness with all your heart and with all your soul. Then the promises of the family will flow to you. This is requirements of the second generation. I mean, this is, this is powerful stuff. Moreover, you also know that Joab, here's that problem guy of David, the son of Zeruah did to me how he dealt with the two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner, the son of Nahner, and Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed, whom he killed, avenging in a time of peace for blood that had been shed in war. Now, there's a difference. There is a difference. And putting the blood of war on the belt around his waist and on the sandals of his feet. Act, therefore, according to your wisdom. Do not let his gray head go down to Sheol in peace. Wow. David said, you know what? I couldn't deal with this guy. But Solomon, one of the first things you need to do is deal with this guy. This guy is nothing but trouble. He doesn't follow orders. He's a politician. Get rid of him. But deal loyally with the sons of Barzillia the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For with such loyalty they met me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. Solomon, reward loyalty. And there also with you is Shemaiah, the son of Gera, the Benjaminite, from Bahurim, who cursed me with a grievous curse on the day when I went to Mahaniam, which that's when he was fleeing Absalom. But when he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now therefore do not hold him guiltless, 
for you are a wise man. You will know what you are to do with him, and you shall bring his gray head down to blood, with blood to Sheol. Then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. At that time David reigned over Israel forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his of David his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. These are, you can call this whole section here, Secrets of a Good Transition. To the second generation. Powerful passage. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Yeah. 
Our New Testament passage today begins in Acts chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. Now, this is just like Barnabas in the last verses, the last of chapter 4. And with the wife's knowledge, he kept back a part for himself, some of the proceeds, and brought only a part of it, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? and keep back apart for yourself of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard it. A Miracle of Judgment A miracle of judgment and the fruit of a miracle of judgment. Now, I want you to notice something here, because if you're not careful, you miss the truth of this. Remember, at the very last verse of chapter 4, Barnabas sold a piece of property and gave it all. And when the people saw the, the generosity of his heart, it was one of the things that brought him into leadership. And he became a leader in the church of Jerusalem and was sent, actually, to take over the church that had started in Antioch of Assyria. Now, here comes Ananias and Sapphira, and they see this man becomes prominent and a leader because of an act of generosity. But they didn't see it as an act of generosity. They just saw it as an act of giving money. They were looking, this whole passage here, the truth of this whole passage is about buying access to leadership position. You know, and there are some people, they give some money. And they think they've given so much money, they should become a leader in the church. They saw other people, but they didn't understand what the other people did was generosity. What they're doing is just buying a position of leadership, buying access to leadership. And brothers and sisters, remember, this is the first church. This is all there is right now. Here in Acts 5, this is all there is in the world. This is God. This is God keeping leadership clean. God's keeping clean. He does not want corrupt leadership in the church of Jerusalem. So this is a miracle of judgment, keeping the leadership clean. When the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him, after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you two have agreed to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Great fear. Yeah. 
Yeah, you better understand God's real. You know, I wonder what would happen with corrupt leaders today if that same thing began to happen in the church world today. Wow, that would be fascinating. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. So, miracles were common. This is what we need to see. Miracles is common. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest, and here's one of the key verses in the Bible, none of the rest dared join them, but they held the people in high esteem. Church was not a place to be seen and to see people. Church was a place to worship God. Unsaved people did not go to church. They were afraid to, dared not. Unsaved people didn't go to church. It was not a place to see and be seen. God was real. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, I think we need to have such a presence of God that that occurs again. You see, we're supposed to go out and seek and save the lost, and then we get to save, get them saved and bring them to church. Ah. See, many Christians today have mixed up inviting people to church with salvation. In that day, unsaved people wouldn't even go. They greatly respected the Christians, but they would not go to church until they got saved. And more and more, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cotton mats. And as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. And the people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. In my entire life, I've never been in a service where they were all healed. I've seen beautiful miracles, but I've never seen them all healed. And this is one of the things I look for. And I said, Father, I want to be in a service where they're all healed, where people come from all around the city, and every person who comes sees that God is real, and they're all healed. This is, if you want to know some of the things that my heart cries out for, you're, you're seeing some of them. Acts chapter 5 is, is a big cry of my heart. Lord, the church has lost its awe of God, and the world has lost its awe of God. Lord, we want to see the awe of God, and we want to see more miracles. All right. Little bit of wisdom before we close out today. Proverbs chapter 27, beginning with verse 23. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. This is a great truth. A great truth for pastors. But it's more than just a truth for pastors. It's a truth for businessmen. He said, for riches do not last forever, and a crown does not endure to all generations. He said, you, you've got to know the condition of the business, because you know what? Riches do not last forever. So pay attention to things, okay? The, 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 the whole truth here is pay attention. 
when the grass is gone and new growth appears, all right? Another translation says when the hay and new growth appears. So old must be removed before new growth. And the vegetation of the mountains is gathered. The lambs will provide you clothing and the goats the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and the maintenance of your girls. Beautiful truth here. Beautiful truth on, on business. Different parts of the business will provide different things. All of this. Different parts of business provide different things. Part of the business provides clothing. Part of the business, you sell, you liquidate it, and you can buy a field. The goats provide milk for food, food for your household, the maintenance of your girls, all of that. This is a beautiful passage on business. But pastors, young leaders, know well the condition of your flocks. Know well the condition of your flocks. Give attention to the herds. Pay attention to what's happening in the lives of the people. It's a beautiful passage that can go for business and it can go for pastoral leadership. All right. We'll see you tonight in the services. And I want to remind you tonight, as I shared with you last night, I really want you to come and spend time in worship. This is First Friday, and while we're in these shorter services, we don't get as much time in worship. So the first Friday of every month is just worship. And as I taught you last night, this is a time for you to come and in your discouragement. Let God fill you with all joy. Let the river of peace flow into your life. Let God touch you by the power of the Holy Ghost so that you overflow with hope. Time for God to do an attitude adjustment and fill you with hope. We'll see you in the service tonight, Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to be preaching on trying again. Why is it that when God tells us to do something and we fail, why does that happen? Why must we learn to try again? I'll see you this weekend in the services.